We shared our opinions earlier for whatever they're worth. Fastlane at Lane, where you listen to podcasts, they'll be posted up shortly after we wrap up here in the Fastlane. But time to get the real expert perspective starting right now with the, well, find out, you know where we're going, in covering the Commonwealth. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with the Virginia Cavaliers. With JerryRatcliffe.com founder and contributor, Jerry Hootie Ratcliffe. Hootie, a pleasure to be speaking with you. 56-54, Virginia edging out Northeastern with a re-speakman shot, 5.7 seconds left. He played a really good game for Virginia, but they look sluggish overall. Is it reasonable to say that maybe part of why he was okay coming out of the exam break and everyone else seems sluggish is Beekman's been through this routine before and may have figured something out that the rest of his teammates, whether they be younger players or transfers or a combination, have yet to figure out? Yeah, I think so, Ed. I think that's part of his maturation. And, uh, uh, you know, we're seeing a different Reese Beekman this year than we've seen in the past. I think when he went to the combine and, and had that experience, I, I think he learned what it was going to take for him to, to become the guy that that can play at the next level and being more aggressive with the ball, being more of a leader, being more confident. And I, I think he brought all that to the table. And I think that came, really came out against Northeastern the other day when wasn't just the end of the game that he took over. He took over several times during the game and kept Virginia in it. But, uh, you know, when it came to crunch time, it, they called his name and everybody knew that he was going to be the guy that, that needed to step up and win the game, and, and he delivered. Is this a cause for concern for UVA, winning 56-54 over Northeastern, or is it the type of random thing that's likely to happen during what is essentially about a 30-game regular season? I think it's not unexpected. I mean, every night we see upsets in college basketball, and you know you got to give some of these other teams credit. One thing Tony Bennett said after the game the other day, I mean, he, he wasn't making excuses. He said that the team wasn't as prepared to play as he had hoped they'd be, but even despite the layoff, but he said, you know, when he played at Green Bay, that, that these kind of games were, were their Super Bowls. And, and you got to give these teams credit. They're going to come in and think that they can shock the world if, if they're close at the end. And the way Virginia plays, a lot of these guys get opportunities to, to be still in it with five or six minutes to play. So you got to give Northeastern some credit. But I, think, I don't think it's anything to panic about. I think we've seen that in the past over the years when Virginia comes out of an exam break and they look a little out of sync and I think this was just a good example of that and I don't think we'll see that same team take the floor tomorrow night in Memphis. If we do, they'll get blown out. Yeah, I mean obviously they will. Memphis has enough scoring and athleticism that if Virginia looks as sluggish as they did against Northeastern winning that game by two it will not be a very productive trip down to Memphis, Tennessee. Um, are you going down there for that, Hootie? I'm not. I'm, I'm going to watch that one on TV with everybody else. So I, I'm going <laughs> to. I wish I could make the trip, but that's a pretty long trip to, 
to make. Well, not only that, you're probably safer not going down there. I went to school down in Memphis and reserve the right to make those snarky comments having been down there. Uh, but Virginia football, Wednesday is a big day for them. No doubt you'll be gearing up for that at jerryratcliffe.com. Not a lot of freshmen expected to come in as part of this class, but Virginia picking up steam in terms of the transfer portal. How much of that may be the idea that there's some urgency for Tony Elliott and staff that they need guys that can impact this right away as opposed to just developing? I think he realizes that he's going to have to wisely use the portal. And again, we've talked about this before, that their pool of candidates is a little smaller than most schools because of the academic requirements. But in terms of uh, some, some schools' credits just won't transfer and to Virginia. So he's working with uh, a smaller pool. Um, I think they've enhanced their NIL program a little bit to where that may help. I'm not sure, but uh, I think he realizes that he's got some gaps in in the, the freshman class he's bringing in Wednesday. Currently only has 12 players in it. They may get one guy to flip between now and then, but uh, they've got to they've got to fill some holes through that portal and get some guys not only at, at, in positions of need but guys who have some playing experience and have um, have you know played pretty well on on other levels of football. Most of the guys they've gotten have been first or second team all conference in, in whatever conference they played in. So I, I think there is a sense of urgency there, and I, I think you know that. Uh, they're going to get six guys to come in and enroll early, which is a lot for Virginia. And that will give those guys kind of a head start toward next season as he tries to rebuild with youth. He played, uh, I think, 12 freshmen this past year, and uh, I'm sure he'll play as many as he can this coming fall. So I think he realizes what he has to do, and, and they, now they got to just go out and, and hope these guys can deliver for them. Jerry Ratcliffe, Twitter, and a dot .com on that, jerryratcliffe.com, for the latest insight on the Virginia Cavaliers leading up to signing day and, of course, the men's basketball team heading down to my old spot, Memphis, Tennessee, tomorrow evening to take on the Tigers. Jerry, thank you for your time today in the Fast Lane. We're off next Monday and Tuesday for the Christmas holiday, so we wish you a Merry Christmas and look forward to speaking again soon. Merry Christmas to you and all the listeners out there, Ed, and we'll uh, see you sometime down the road. Likewise, Jerry Ratcliffe with us here in the Fast Lane. Now to the Virginia Tech Hokies. Hokey, hokey, hokey high. With David Cunningham, the real D-Cun A on Twitter and Instagram, and with TechSideline.com as David is back with us once again here in the Fast Lane. David, a big day for Virginia Tech football. Boy, they've been on quite the roll from players returning pretty much everyone of note that could have gone to the draft or the transfer portal coming back from defensive line to defensive back to quarterbacks to the four wide receivers to running back Basial Tutin. And oh, by the way, they addressed their biggest areas of immediate need with two defensive tackles and a linebacker today in the transfer portal. How much was this in the works over a long period of time? How much of this is one bit of success continuing to snowball into more success. Hey, Ed, great to be with you. I think it's a combination of both. I think we saw this Virginia Tech football staff basically hit on every single transfer portal player it brought in last year. I'm not shocked that the Hokies are 
as they get more successful on the football field, obviously they went from three wins to six wins this year. They're bringing in more talented players. That's not to say that the guys they brought in last year are not talented because I think they're program changing. Obviously, they get Antoine Powell Ryland back at defensive end, and they've got their three key receivers who they brought in from the portal last year back in Ollie Jennings, Daquan Felton, and Jalen Lane. But I think this is kind of success breeding more success. People want to come to Virginia Tech to play football. This culture, what Brent Pry has done, he's made it a fun place to be around. The players like being around the facility. They they enjoy the camaraderie. They enjoy the culture. And and that, in turn, makes people want to play for the Hokies, especially when they're having success. Uh, they got a, a couple of different guys in earlier today, three different commitments, two on the defensive line, one at linebacker. All three of those guys are huge because those were places of need for Virginia Tech. And just like last year, where Virginia Tech needed some receivers and needed some help at defensive end, the Hokies went out and got those guys last year, and it paid paid big dividends. Tech's doing the same now. And it just so happens that three of those guys committed in in essentially 90 minutes uh, today, which is very, very impressive. Combine that with the Montavious... Cunningham offensive line commitment. No, we are not related. That came last week. The Okies have looked pretty good. Combine that again with the guys that are coming back from the transfer portal. I like I look at Dorian Strong. That is a huge, huge announcement that he's coming back to Bayshall Tutin and the wide receivers. Antoine Powell Ryland. I mean the, the Virginia Tech football program is trending up right now. It just seems like everything is going in the right direction. They're hitting on their portal guys. They're getting the right guys back. Wednesday's going to be a big signing day for them, too. They only have 15 high school kids, um, but the the culture and the momentum around the program, everything's going in the positive direction. David, can I have a little friend-to-friend advice that I share with you right now? Because, you know, I encountered the same thing with Virginia Tech football. It's not, no, we are not related. David Cunningham, who's our guest, and Montavious Cunningham, the offensive lineman, probably the right guard, who transferred to Virginia Tech. You just say he is the more athletic Cunningham. I mean, I've used this line with Jalen Lane. You know, I don't need to say we're not related. I just say he's the more athletic Lane, and, you know, people want to assume we're related. No problem. I'll be glad to take that as a compliment. Hi, I should probably start doing that, although uh, my brother and sister might get mad because they are the more athletic Cunningham. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you're in for a whale of hurt with that one. My wife would dispute the most athletic lane in that regard. David, you've reflected very well on, on how all this is snowballed in a positive way for Virginia Tech. Of the players, this is going to be a two-angle question. One is, of the players that elected to come back, which player or players caused the coaching staff to breathe the deepest that maybe they weren't going to come back? I think the biggest uh, is maybe Josh Fuga. It's probably the most underrated. But I think Josh Fuga coming back on the defensive line is crucial. Obviously, that happened before the commit, the two commitments at defensive tackle today. But if Josh Fuga decides to not come back and use his eligibility, Virginia Tech has nobody with experience at defensive tackle. Now, it just so happens Fuga's back, and Virginia Tech added Peebles from Duke and Copeland from a Juco school. So now the Hokies have three talented guys there instead of none. I think that is huge. In terms of 
impact, though, I, I think the biggest one is Dorian Strong. Dorian Strong was an All-American corner this year. He did not get All-American recognition from everybody. Heck, he didn't even get All-ACC recognition, which kind of baffles me a little bit. Uh, but I, I think he, him coming back, he had potential uh, NFL prospects and dreams. He's putting that on hold to come back. You combine that with Antoine Powell Ryland coming back on a defensive end, I think those were the two guys that had legit NFL aspirations and could have potentially been drafted this year. They're both coming back. That is a huge that's huge news for a Virginia Tech defense that I think could be even better next year, especially getting a guy like Sam Brumfield in at linebacker from Middle Tennessee today. I don't know if that's really going to fly under the radar because he's a dang good player. But I think when you combine that with a guy like APR and Dorian Strong coming back, that just makes the defense that much stronger. Obviously, Peebles from Duke, he's a huge pickup. Uh, I think there are a couple, one or two, that you could maybe say, man, that guy had the biggest impact coming back. And you could look at the receiver room, Ed, because Virginia Tech getting its top four receivers back is insane. This was a group that really progressed and started to find its groove at the end of the year for all four of those guys to come back, all veterans. That just kind of speaks, again, to the culture and everything that's going on right now in Blacksburg. David Cunningham is in the midst of everything that's going on, and it's documented at the Real Decon A on Twitter and Instagram and TechSideline.com. David, thank you again for your time today. Uh, we will not have a show next Monday or Tuesday because of the Christmas holiday, so we'd like to wish you best of luck with what's left of National Signing Day, and of course, a Merry Christmas to you as well. Appreciate it, Ed. To you and yours, the same, and We'll talk to you uh, after Christmas. Hope you have a happy holidays and everybody listening as well. Indeed. David Cunningham with us here on the Fast Lane. Now to the Liberty Flames. With Nick Pierce of the Liberty Flames Sports Network. who's joining us here in the Fast Lane. Nick, we will get to Liberty football momentarily, but Liberty basketball, Nick, they had the tough loss to Grand Canyon last Saturday, nine days ago, and they looked a little sluggish at points against Tennessee State before that confidence meter kicked up in the second half, particularly as the defense and Joseph Zant's efforts intensified there. How big was that for Liberty to get the win against Tennessee State and then follow it up with a dominating win? One you would expect, of course, against St. Andrews this past Saturday. And still efforting to get Nick Pierce on as we work through some technical hurdles here from Ty Tracy, who is with us here in the fast lane filling in. This is his welcome to uh, radio moment, Ty's, of course, about Liberty. I'll answer that question myself, though. Um, St. Andrews is the win you expected if you were Liberty. What you wanted, though, was to build upon that, uh, more so that three game and four, that three out of four loss stretch, and flip it back around against Tennessee State. And we documented that last week in the fast lane, but the way they played in the second half, how that resembled the Liberty identity. Yes, 74 points is great in the 74-52 win against Tennessee State, but the defensive effort for Liberty in the latter half of the Tennessee State game is something you expect if you're a Flames fan. And again, helps ease the concerns that they had a rough patch. It was a challenge. You played a tough schedule. But the whole objective and goal was to help get them back into a point where you go, okay, this is exactly what we are more than reasonably reasonably capable of and realistically capable of. 
And that, for Liberty, is part of what you expected then. Uh, the football question, and we'll get to this, of course, we touched on this somewhat, but if you're looking at Liberty and who they've added in the transfer portal so far, and obviously these are not official signees, but you've got two defensive ends, a defensive tackle, and a linebacker. For one, those are hard positions uh, to obtain talent. But the other part is, everybody's on the defensive side of the ball for Liberty. And part of it is, the offensive success is easy. The system caters to talented players, and it it is an easy sell right now. To Caden Salter, for Quentin Cooley at running back, and the other backs that are on the team, and at wide receiver as well. Uh, You know, I'm looking at Liberty, who they add on signing day, whether that's through the transfer portal or signees, what sides of the ball and what unit. And right now, it looks like Liberty, they are in the process of really addressing the defense. So, we will get to both of those points right now with Nick Pierce of the Liberty Flames Sports Network. Nick, a pleasure to be speaking with you. First of all, National Signing Day is a couple of days away for the Liberty Flames. We've mentioned what we've focused on in terms of areas we're identifying as the Flames look to address those over the next 48 ish hours where do you have your attention and what it means and what the coaching staff is saying about this roster yeah thanks ed um yeah great great question great points um i really think on the defensive side of the ball is probably where you're going to see some emphasis uh particularly on the defensive line trying to get a little bit more depth there maybe a little bit more of a pass rush the flames were one of the better teams in the country in, in getting pressure on the quarterback uh, last year, that was not the case this year, and some of it I think had to do with just the amount of bodies that they had up there, and also it's known that you know one or two guys are jumping in the transfer portal, so yeah, I would say probably defensive line is one area, maybe at linebacker as well, I could see them adding a couple of guys there, and uh, you know, outside of that, I think the you know, there may not be one area that's a big focal point uh, more so is just trying to get maybe the best available guys at, uh, at certain positions. Yeah, for Liberty, upgrading what's a very talented roster, but you're always looking for ways to make tweaks and adjustments. Meanwhile, flipping it over to basketball with Nick Pierce of the Liberty Flames Sports Network, as we're still a couple of weeks away from the uh, Fiesta Bowl, and we'll, we'll kind of circle back to that momentarily, Nick. But how crucial was Liberty's victory against Tennessee State? It, it looked like they were unnerved at certain points, not necessarily nervous, but trying to regain that confidence they had, which may have been broken up from losing three of four entering that game. How big was the way Liberty won that, particularly in the second half against Tennessee State, getting back to the fundamentals of Richie McKay basketball, which is defensive effort and intensity leading the way? Yeah, I mean, any anytime you can kind of break the schneid, right, and kind of get off the skids a little bit. And Look, Tennessee State, I think, was a better basketball team than folks gave them credit for going into that, myself included. Uh, once I started to kind of get into the, the nuts and bolts of who they were as a team, what they did, who they played, it wasn't really surprising to me that Tennessee State gave Liberty some fits early in the ball game. They have some length on the perimeter. They have uh, three guys that had double-digit steals. They had a transfer guard from Georgia that was leading them in scoring. They had another transfer, I think, from Belmont uh, that was uh, one of their top three-point shooters as well. So they had some dudes, <laughs> you know, for Tennessee State. But I think what you saw is a Liberty team that kind of got back to some of its principles, like you said, in the second half there. Uh, defensively really clamped down and then started to see the ball go in the basket a little bit. And then certainly this past Saturday against St. Andrews saw the ball go in the basket a whole lot in that game. And so that can only do 
good things for this team, breeding the confidence as they go forward now, going out on the road for a tough one with uh, Utah Valley coming up here this week. Nick Pierce does a lot of good things for us in the fast lane and at Pierce 84 in addition to his work with the Liberty Flames Sports Network. Nick, a pleasure to speak with you. We are off next week for the Christmas holiday, so we look forward to chatting again in a few weeks, and we want to say thank you for your time today in the fast lane. Thank you, Ed. Have a great Christmas. Indeed. Merry Christmas to you and your growing family as Nick Pierce is with us here in the Fast Lane. When we return, part two of covering the Commonwealth, JMU Dukes, Radford Highlanders, and the Washington Commanders and their soon-to-be former coaching staff will all be discussed next here in the Fast Lane.